Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Let the user have the best seamless, frictionless experience. So that's the core tactic. How do we have the best product for the customer, not the client, the customer? And I think that's a really important thing to note. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Join thousands of people in L.A. Tech on our We Are L.A. Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. I saw this quote this afternoon by Steve Jobs. Have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. I think in business, it's hard to remember that our heart and intuition are such like a powerful GPS to where we want to go because we're surrounded by strategists and consultants and info courses and seminars and speakers and mastermind groups and opinions. There's just so much information everywhere. And to think that the answers are within us and not outside of us, I just think is a really difficult concept to accept unless we have absolute confidence and belief in ourselves, which, you know, a lot of us don't. And the few of us that do I admire like <laughs> I'm just in awe, almost like business art, you know, to to watch their leadership and their confidence in self and how they inspire their team. It's just so it's so cool. I'm just going to repeat it again because I think it's that important. Steve Jobs says, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. Enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast featuring LA Tech companies and talent. So excited to bring to you our next guest, Dimension Software. Hello. Woo. Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to bring you on the We Are LA Tech podcast. So to kick things off, we have Ben and we have Keith. Why don't you both go ahead, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Ben, why don't you get us started? As she said, my name is Ben. I am the chief operating officer at Dimension Software. We're a Santa Monica-based software engineer and design firm in Santa Monica, California, Silicon Beach. We expertise is in custom Shopify e-commerce stores and native mobile app platforms 
for established companies and startups. And what do you do, Ben, at Dimension Software? I kind of wear a lot of hats, but overall, the overarching scheme for a COO, I kind of just uh, manage the teams and, and the business side, make sure things are running smoothly, operation side. Awesome. And Keith, go ahead. Yeah. Good afternoon. So I do most of the technical and engineering. I work across the team there. And we ultimately, at the end of the day, choose the right technology for the various companies we work with to ensure their success. And Keith, you're the founder too, right? Yes, that's right. So what inspired you to create Dimension Software? Oh my gosh, software. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, software and engineering, it's in the name. Uh, that's what we do. We've been doing it since 1998. And obviously it started as a kind of passion thing. And you know, here we are still uh, you know, loving what we're doing all these years later. And then when did Ben come on board to join you in executing on building one of the best software companies in Los Angeles? <laughs> Wow, thank you for that. Yeah, just a handful of years ago, actually, uh, you know, we met at the, about the time when I had moved to Silicon Beach. And so, you know, he was one of the first people whom I connected with here. Uh, in fact, some of our business partners, uh, some guys who work out of a super stand up shop in downtown Los Angeles, uh, they were my neighbors. And so I met Ben through them. And when did you start the company? Uh, how long ago? Well, back in 1998, very long time ago. <laughs> and was it in LA or were you somewhere else at the time? At the time we were in Orange County, California. Oh, that count. You know? That counts. <laughs> Poor Orange County. Orange County always gets pushed to the side. <laughs> There's so much more vibrant community happening right here in Los Angeles, Silicon Beach. Okay. So walk me through it. Why did you create Dimension Software in the beginning? Yeah, excellent question. Clearly engineering and software design, you know, that's been the, the the focus and the passion. And, you know, since we love doing that so much, you know, here we are so many decades later uh, doing the same thing, really carrying on, carrying through the same passion to make sure that our customers are successful and that we've aligned the right technologies. And, you know, I think that at the end of the day, that's what brings us all together and, and, and you know, into the tight knit team that we have here is just the, the passion and the drive. And walk me through the landscape of, of the company, um, either Keith or Ben, whoever wants to answer. Like, how big is the company? What kind of clients do you have? What what pain point do you solve for us? What do you think, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him to, uh, to answer it. But I guess I'll start with the team. The team is about 10 to 15 people. Um, we're kind of able to scale up and down kind of depending on the needs. But our core team is about 10. We're all local, either here or in downtown or Orange County, uh, some in SF. But we keep our team within a hour's reach of conversation and uh, communications for speed and, and delivery. And then our client base typically ranges from, you know, established businesses needing to upgrade their e-commerce store or a custom solution for their company, whatever it is. And then also for startups, you know, a lot of companies in LA where our scene is popping off right now and it has been for the last couple of years. It's so fun. It's so exciting. We get to meet totally. a lot of people. Uh, we like to network a lot. So we're always out at events and, uh, We've kind of partnered with local um, marketing companies and just the business is really fun right now. So we'll get some really, we, we tend to not work with early, early stage startups, but at least some round of funding and, you know, the cool ideas that they have, we were able to, to execute a, a great effective solution for them via mobile app or website. And speaking of funding, uh, Keith, you had mentioned when we were offline that you guys had raised money yourself. Why would a software company need to raise? Walk us through that opportunity. Oh, yes. What an excellent question. Oftentimes, some of our kind of homegrown, like in-house passion projects just become 
a little bit bigger and to kind of launch and kickstart those ideas you know, raising money might be the perfect avenue to do that. And how do you set it up from, I, I mean, maybe I'm just completely ignorant, but from an equity play, because it, are, you're raising money by project or for the company in entirety. How does that, what does that look like to the, the intent in asking is so everybody listening maybe can expand their mind of what's possible for their companies too. Oh, yes. In fact, always be flexible. You know, oftentimes those terms are going to be from some kind of like a spinoff entity, right? Uh, most of the time when funding happens, these, you know, the, the kind of arrangement is that a corporation is formed and all the software assets, everything that's existed, get folded into there. So you end up really with a spinoff, I would say. For example, Wineamp powered by Dimension Software. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, the, the, the classic powered by. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ben, walk me through like... There's so many software companies now. I mean, when I started my career in technology, it, it, the term startup and the hype of Silicon Valley and the HBO show, they weren't a thing. And now it seems like everybody wants to have a software company or be involved in the tech world. So how does your company differentiate themselves from every other company that exists out there? Yeah, that's a great question. I've been actually thinking about this. Uh, we listen to your podcast and Thank you've you. got some great Ooh. guests coming on. And, you know, I've, I've listened to this question quite a bit. And, you know, I can't quite speak to other companies. There are some phenomenal companies out there. There are some not so phenomenal companies as well. But the, I'd say one thing that I really appreciate about working with this team at Dimension Software is the tight knit openness that we have as a team internally, you know, mm, culture, culture is so important. And I think it's something that we've really been able to dial in the last, you know, four or five years in terms of just keeping our core team working in the right direction and working towards the same goal. I think our communication is on point. We do not outsource our work. There are some companies that have a quote unquote, you know, core team in San Francisco, in Santa Monica, but the right. work isn't done stateside. And we found that for our business, that that's not the way we want to do it. So right. our software, you know, we're able to guarantee what we say we're going to do. And it's because our, you know, our senior level engineers are like, for instance, Keith, my goodness, I have to say they are all stars. They are rock stars and they won't say it, but they are. <laughs> Even our junior level engineers are, you know, if they were to move on, we've, we've had them move on and, and we're happy that they're able to do that. Go try something else. And we support that career change. And they're able to land like mid to senior level engineer positions with other companies because we are hounds for technique, for, for efficiency and, you know, everything that goes into it. We put our heart and souls into it. We thoroughly enjoy what we do. So to add a little bit on, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to keep going, but it's just, I'm so passionate about what we do. I mean, for, for goodness sakes, right now during this quarantine, guess what we're doing? Like, you know, we're, our business is doing okay. We're not flourishing by any means. We feel it like everybody else, but right. on the side, we're building apps for fun. We're trying, we always try new technologies. We want to get ahead of it. We test on our own self and our own products so that by the time a client comes and it's the right time and they're you know, a little bit cowboyish themselves and say, heck yeah, let's try this new technology. We can at least say we've, we've tried it. We've done it. This works on this platform. This doesn't. So we're always experimenting and there's, there's this passion, this love that goes behind the software. And 
uh, it's reflected in our products. So when people work with you, they feel confidence that, you know, the project that they have, not only will they have a, a domestic based team that they can meet face to face and feel comfort in that way, but you're also just extremely skilled in building the complicated projects that it takes to build to produce something that looks fluid and seamless, but on the back end, it was no easy feat. Can you give us an example of some of the clients you've worked with and and just what sets you apart from from other software companies? Certainly. And what does is absolutely our success stories. You know, that ability to have the hyper-local communication with our clients has allowed us to launch all kinds of websites, you know, ranging from just monstrously successful, big, you know, mega enterprise companies like Weedmaps to even just kind of smaller uh, bootstrapped ideas that are very forward thinking and very much on the, on the forefront. For example, Float Shuttle is one that we had finished a native app for. We also get a ton of Shopify. In fact, we've spun off a couple of our own SaaS apps on the Shopify platform itself. And so, you know, we have just that breadth of working with the smaller startups all the way up to the to the mega enterprise and kind of the different tactics and techniques and things that need to happen at different stages in the growth life cycle of companies. And what kind of projects most excite you? Oh gosh, you know, the native landscape is changing so much, right? And so, you know, these years a lot of our clients are talking about building a native app and so I'd have to say that for very unique reasons unique to each project, you know, there's always something exciting to pull out of it. Uh, also, just on the forefront, the horizon, it's a very upcoming technology, uh, WebAssembly. Once that is more of a thing, uh, I'm just stoked to have that open up and let us do, you know, 60 frames a second, real juicy kind of touch physics stuff everywhere on the web. Oh my gosh, that would be incredible. Uh, but I think it's really going to give rise to a lot more technology. And for people who aren't informed, can you walk us through what that is? Yeah, it's just wicked optimized way to portably target, you know, and in this case, the web, right? Uh, so what it's going to do is allow a lot of other programming languages that can compile into WebAssembly to sort of reach there. And it's really going to, you know, be, I would say, like the ground, the ground platform for building bigger things and faster things. It's kind of like when you could use the same set of code to build both an Android and iPhone app at once. You don't have to have two different sets of code. Portability, precisely. Yeah. And one other thing I'm about to throw you a curveball. Um, Do it. But I think you guys will love it. Culture is so key. Another core differentiator that I see amongst companies that I think is not normally considered a core differentiator, and I have a gut feeling you guys do this, so that's why I'm throwing you this curveball. How do us. you go over and beyond for your clients? Oh, Great gosh. Go yeah, Keith. and you know, to Ben's point earlier and your last question, being right here on Silicon Beach turns out is a wicked competitive advantage. I mean, the fact that we can actually show up and do that FaceTime uh, because the human touch is real, and a lot of your clients, especially you know the the kind of the more expensive ones, uh, they're going to love that extra little bit of pizzazz that you provide by showing up and being there face to face. A lot more communication can happen much more smoothly and at lightning pace, you know. And so that's that's absolutely one of the driving factors I, I think that keeps us here on Silicon Beach. To add on to that a little bit is I think you know to to directly answer your question is to say I think that. What we do maybe that other companies may or may not do, I'm not sure, as I said, uh, but what we do really well is let's say there's something that needs to be done that's not necessarily so far out of scope that it would be, you know, in a, in a huge amount of time drain and, and whatnot, but it's just enough just to make them 
the the feature function better, we're going to do it. And right. we guarantee our work. I think it's something because we're so confident in what we do. So I'd say- I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I want to get more into, I mean, culture is something I feel really connected to. And I want to get more into your team development. But before that, can you walk us through the kind of projects you've developed to, so we could have a visual of what you're building? You know, these years, it's mostly apps. Uh, many of our clients- they're talking about building an app for them. And oftentimes, of course, that includes various like web properties kind of around the fringes. There's going to be like a download page, a sales thing, maybe some instructional and YouTube videos, contents that surround the idea. Uh, but the core idea typically is an app. And in the apps, what kind of features have you been building? What kind of specs do the apps have that are really either innovative or something that you have to be highly specialized in order to execute and deliver really quality code? Certainly. And we get the range, you know, the full gamut of like full real time, 60 frames a second, touch physics, things that just feel so buttery smooth. And when they're pulled off, it's just, you know, that touch interaction becomes a big feature in the application. You know, we get stuff like this all the way to, you know, just more like business kind of informational uh, applications and, and that sort of genre. Do you have an ideology that you follow? I was watching uh, or listening rather to an interview on the 20 Minute VC uh, with Harry Stebbings, and he was interviewing the founder of Superhuman. I'm sure like most of us know Superhuman. If you don't, it's essentially gamified emailing. (laughs) And he talks about his ideology behind gamification and how he thinks about development. Do you have an ideology that your team thinks about when they go into developing a new project? Oh, yes. And it's real. That impact that an app can have when it just it has that kind of juicy, like addictive, like, I don't know even what it is. Maybe, you know, maybe it's maybe it's selling hamburgers, but it's just so fun to use. And I love how, you know, uh, that factor is what keeps people coming back. It adds so much to the replay value. You'll notice that a lot of our internal app stuff that we release under Dimension Software, they have that kind of fun factor. Uh, you know, with the client-facing stuff, obviously, we love to sprinkle it on where we can just to add a little bit of pizzazz. Well, not, you know, not we, necessarily gamification, but do you have your own internal ideology you, fall in, uh, you, you, you have in how you execute? Like when you get a new project, you're like, okay, we're going to think about the project. We're going to think about this first, this second, this third, and let's be sure to remember these particular elements and components. Is there something that you have within within Dimension Software that you follow? I think what you're asking is maybe something, what's our strategy? What, yeah. what are our tactics mm. behind projects? And uh, I'd say the core tactic is probably similar to what everyone else kind of talks about uh, in software development. I don't think that's the innovative factor. So, you know, we have our sit down research phase, gathering information, data collection, you know, understanding fully. A lot of the time, the clients actually don't really know what they want. That's a lot of the big issues. So defining completely defining goals is probably the most time consuming part. And then it's just a matter of what we've been doing for years. I mean, it's just kind of like second nature. We just fall back on our training and our innovative spirit. And maybe if there's a situation, so for instance, we just did a, a flight app uh, a couple months ago um, for an airline, a new airline, emerging airline coming through. And um, unfortunately, right now during this time, they had to put a pause on everything. But they- yeah, understandably. Um, so. Anyways, we were building that and there was a, the way of the onboarding, for instance, a lot of the time, mm-hmm. uh, kind of an older 
way of thinking is to do this, this really in your face right away, sign up, give me your social security number, your baby's birthday. (laughs) It's like, let's, let's think of a better way to do onboarding. So, you know, progressive onboarding is becoming more intuitive, but we've been doing that for years, you know, get the, let the user have the best seamless frictionless experience. So that's kind of, I would say the core tactic is how do we have the best product for the customer, not the client, the customer. And I think that's a really important thing to, uh, That is indeed important. And I I really feel you when you say that sometimes we don't even know what we want ourselves. Mm. I think it's our responsibility as, you know, business owners of creative companies to ask a myriad of questions in order to make sure that we're getting the answers that we need in order to build mm-hmm. what's in alignment for both the client and the customer. Because, um, yeah, we think we want one thing. It reminds me of the the silly thing with like, I want to get a thousand Facebook likes. And then you say, why? Well, like, what do you want out of those 1,000 Facebook likes? <laughs> yeah, cool. because. Yeah, right? Like, really understand like the ROI you're trying. To, yeah. and, if, and if the ROI is to serve your customer... <laughs> then have the ROI serve your customer. And you guys have a podcast too. Before we start talking about your team, which I'm really excited to explore further, um, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah. So we started playing around with the idea, you know, my position as well. I, I wear a lot of hats in this company, but I think one of the good decisions I've made lately is to start figuring out a way to kind of branch out of just software development. It can be very cyclical, very repetitive and kind of, you know, deep, deep, deep digits in your head, that Wolf of Wall Street scene um, where we're trying to expand not only our, our capabilities as storytellers, I think even developing software, it's a, it's a time and a place to tell a story of a product. And so we wanted to start reaching out to people who are smarter than us and learn. I mean, it's just basically what it is. So about 2018, November-ish, we decided let's let's buy equipment, let's figure this podcasting out. So, uh, you know, we're uh, some episodes in now and it's been such a great experience. It's called Call to Action Podcast. Um, and we just interview incredible people such as yourself and find out their story of kind of like how they got to where they are and hit some of the hard moments in their life and how they were able to overcome it. And I think especially right now, it's it's uh, very fitting. And you even had the fabulous Cam Kashani on your show. What a queen. Oh my goodness. What a queen. She's she incredible. How, how do she you know is her? a queen. So I helped create LA Tech, what it is today, strangely enough. I had a movie theater and my I built the first action sports social network. This was a long time ago. And wow. you know, so in Santa Monica, I had an office space and a movie theater attached. And I would host these meetups called Entrepreneurs Anonymous. This is before there was a Silicon Beach, before there was, mm. before oh, yeah. Startup was a thing. Um, at the time, it was like Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, Tom. Tom had MySpace. I had Zep Sports. <laughs> like you know, it was like yeah. friends. Friendster got taken out by by MySpace because, oh, like you know, because they like their service whatever. Right? It's a very different time in the tech landscape. There was no WordPress, and so I, anyway, so I had an Entrepreneurs Anonymous night, and um, they came in, and uh, I met them, and they said we're going to start a co working space. I'm like, what is a co working right. space? They're like, we saw them in San Francisco, and we're really inspired. And I'm like, okay. 
okay, cool. Sounds great. And they're like, you should come over. I'm like, no, I'm good with my office. Like, and they built what in it, I did end up working out of there at times. It was called Coloft. And I really yeah. think Coloft is what planted the seeds for LA tech to have a hub and really thrive and prosper. Like at before Coloft, we existed, but we were fragmented. We were everywhere. There were a bunch of us. Some of us didn't know one another. For the most part, we hung out at this investor's house. I prefer not say the name, but we hung out at this investor's house doing backyard barbecues. And there were just 20 of us that would show up all the time. And all those people as a part of those backyard barbecues ended up becoming the people who propelled the city forward. But I don't think we weren't doing it with intention. We were just executing our own companies. Mm -hmm. And we, I mean, I got, this is going on a tangent, but I got influenced in the tech world because my father was an early adopter. So it was just my natural course. And he had a home office and I would play on his computer so much that my parents said, you know what happens to little girls who play on their daddy's computer? I'm like, what? Like the office police come and they take daddies away. <laughs> I was like, that's how much I played on my father's computer. Right. So it was like, it was inevitable that I was going to get into tech, but I mean, it wasn't a socially known thing. Like, you know, people didn't aspire to be that then at all. <laughs> unless you were super nerd. <laughs> yeah, and both you and Cam were right there, you know, just founders of yeah. Silicon Beach, absolutely. And Silicon yeah. Beach obviously has its roots and they go back, but like you said, though, the community is not, you know, like San Francisco, they're very different places. Oh, completely. I used to fly to San So I was a part of this program at the time called Astia for women business leaders who had raised money. And I had to get accepted in this program, which is a whole nother story. But I would fly to San Francisco every week. And so San Francisco had a startup culture. Um, oh, yeah. And then I would go there to meet other people who were like me. Wow. Yeah, it was really trippy. Yeah. Anyway, going back, this is not about me. It's about you. I don't know how I ended up in that route. But point is, Campus Shawnee is dope. And I think that her community, at what episode, Um, how can we find it on your podcast, her episode? Oh, it's actually, it was our first episode. And uh, Amazing. So Good choice. Spotify, thank you. You you know, we have the episode on YouTube as well, but Spotify, Apple Podcast, you know, all the major ones, Stitcher. But any of you listeners, if you really want to just get that uplifting spirit, the entrepreneurial spirit from her, man, listening to that session, I mean, it's, it's, wow. It's like inviting her over for your own personal co coaching session in your living room. I was, you 100%. Know, funny story. I'll tell you about that episode live for you just now on We Are LA Tech. I'm putting myself out there right now. So um, Love it. 15 minutes before the first interview, she's like, I'm on the way. I'm almost there. And I'm like, okay, I I'm nervous to be on. I'm, I'm really, really nervous. And I'm almost sweating. He's just cool as a cucumber as he always is. And we've got the camera set up, everything. And all of a sudden I get an error on the camera. And it's like oh, right. memory card failure. And I was like, <laughs> what? And so I plug it into my computer and I'm looking there. There's no metadata. It's it, the thing is wiped. It's just, it doesn't work. There's nothing. Luckily I have ACE, you know, engineer over here. He goes, Hey, <laughs> he goes, hand me that thing. I'll, 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 let me see what's going on. The dude hacks it and reboots it somehow Stop. It, 15 minutes before. So now it's like 10 minutes, not little less, maybe seven. And so she's like, Oh, I'm pulling up, put the card in real quick. 
hit record thing works. And I'm just like, I don't even know how you did that. I don't care. Thank you. And I'm like, it's just <laughs> the weight just, I was like, you know what? It's not about being all nervous and whatnot. So anyway, and she was a queen. She was so great to, to interview and be my so first friend, So Yeah. Shout out to Cam. She's amazing. Um, Woo! every speech I've watched her give, um, I've worked with her now. She's not only a personal friend, but she's, uh, also a, a leadership coach for me and man. And I was really hesitant on hiring her as a leadership coach because she is my personal friend. I'm like, that's a weird dynamic. Mm. And so we're like, we're just going to do that. I, uh, without getting into my story more than I already have, I was hesitant, but so we did a trial and then it was just amazing. She is literally catapulted my life forward. She is yeah. talented at what she does, but She's so check out their episode on the call to action podcast. What kind of episodes can we expect from the call to action podcast? Right. Great question. We like, for instance, recently we just did a, a interview with the, founder of the technology that powers Bing. So uh, it was called nice. PowerSet. Yeah, he sold it That's to Microsoft crazy. for a hundred million. Uh, and then now he has a new company called Famous Studios. It's a design platform for uh, pretty much anyone with no code necessary. And you can design websites, really cool interactive what? websites. I have to check that out. I'll send it to you. You it's would so love it. Great. It's free. Yeah, um, you guys have to remember to email me that so I, I don't will. forget that. And that sounds great. We just did a actor and producer um, last week. I did a strength and conditioning coach. So my background before I got into tech, uh, I was in athletics, call it. I was a professional soccer player. And one of my strength and conditioning coaches who's currently in Cyprus, stuck in Cyprus, the country, is got him on, talked about all the crazy football stars he's been able to coach and, and whatever throughout the years. You know, just it's but the cool stories of how people got to where they are and and what they've had to overcome and just the the overarching scheme of just consistently pursuing your dreams is pretty fascinating. I love it. Just before we move forward in the conversation, where could everybody tune in and where could they find Dimension Software? You can go to dimensionsoftware.com. We have a app company app, um, both for Dimension Software on the App Store, Apple App Store, and also for our uh, podcast. It's called CTAP app. We created one with some really cool technology for it too. So um, all the episodes are produced there. Awesome. Bad at business cards. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really want to dive deeper into how you cultivated your team. So Keith, who was your first hire? Oh gosh. Yeah. And he's still with us today. Uh, his name is John Amazing. Satoshi Beppu. We think he invi in invented Bitcoin. And so, as you can see, uh, you know, with the with the price and where that's headed, that's uh, you know, he's not here today <laughs> uh, on the podcast. That is, but he's been with us all these years, you know, through through the decades. Uh, so he's seen the you know the company from its inception all the way to you know grow growing and been through every step of the way and process to get where we are today. And Ben, what attracted you to the team? They gave me my first chance, actually, some years ago. I transitioned from a career into this. I had a similar story to how you got into tech. I was fascinated with a little app game called Flappy Birds. And I one day realized, how the heck does this work? Uh, I knew I was transitioning out anyways from the other career into this. And I was like, I want to figure out how this works. And so I just started digging and uh, learning and, and eventually landed some little design jobs. I started out designing. So I got some skills there and I went to them and they were just super open. And then I just built my way up. Having the longevity of a team, I just think as a business owner is the biggest compliment that, that you could have is that you created the culture that people thrive and enjoy to continue being a part of. It's just... 
Oh, thank you so so much. To dive a little deeper into the culture, I think from my perspective, kind of now growing from the, you know, lower levels into a little bit more of a senior position here. I think that one thing that really attracts me and keeps me coming back with Dimension Software is the fact that our culture, you know, we, we have a way of knowing when to push each other. And we can speak brutally honest and just know that we're not attacking each other. It's just, hey, this needs to happen this way. You know why. I know why. It's the same goal. And we're able to have these really usually probably tough conversations that they're just pretty flowy. And uh, we're able to execute on our positions in, in a project pretty quickly because of that. And on Fridays, for instance, we've adapted this thing where we pull out beers, we sit around around five o'clock and we talk about the week's work and what went well, what didn't go well, how can we improve? And it doesn't have to be this like therapeutic session, but you know, an hour sometimes and, and we just hash through, Hey man, this sucked and this is why. And we move on. And we keep adapting and overcoming. And I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about working with Dimension Software. And on that note too, another thing we love to use Fridays for is just a quick software retro. And in that we handle a lot of tech debt and things that would prevent us from making fast forward moving progress in the future. Uh, We squirm away weekly. And I'm curious, stepping outside of Dimension and going into just LA Tech as a whole, what LA Tech companies or talent have you come across lately that have really impressed you? Oh gosh, there's so much. We've had various kind of uh, musings with people who, you know, just for kind of our cohort, we would maybe consider them just because we're all in sort of the same physical locale. Uh, We've got our good friends over at Spank Chain working in the kind of crypto space, and we've worked with them on some interface elements and stuff like that. And And what's the URL to Spank Chain? Do you know it? Yeah, it's Spank. Just look up Spank Chain. There's only one. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> and and what do they do? I'm not familiar, actually. It's basically, I would say, to use you know blockchain for well-intended purpose, you know, which is to, <laughs> to reduce reduce chargebacks and, and things like this. I would say maybe another one that might be a little bit more uh, listener friendly would be <laughs> would be the future their design agency uh, here in in Santa Monica. And we've gotten to know Ben Burns over there and uh, and what they do and what their capabilities are. And they're, they're such a phenomenal company. Hawk Media is another great marketing firm that... Uh, oh, Eric's a We Are Late Tech oh, Club yeah. member. Oh, yeah. Yes. They're, they're great too. So And what is your favorite tech tool for each of you? It could be mobile app, hardware, website, software. Yeah, that's a tough one. Gosh, I mean, I'm really thinking hard because... What did you use to hack the card? <laughs> oh gosh! Well, that, I mean, that's just yeah, Unix. I mean, <laughs> I had to I had to just talk with that card at a lower level until it needed to happen, and then kind of reset it and try and flip a couple magic bits just to see what it needed to load inside of his camera. Uh, but you know, and voila, uh, magically, Ben's like, and it works. He's the wizard. You know, I swear. In, internally at Dimension Software right now, we've been using a lot of Flutter and Dart just to kind of test Ooh, the waters. What are and so those? We're all jazzed about that. It's like Google's response to React Native. Mine's a little more simple than that. I just, I think Slack is godsend. So, so many people say Slack. It's so funny. Yeah. And it counts. It totally counts. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to say that you didn't say? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We're avid listeners. So, so gosh, it's equally as exciting for us to be here today. You know, Esprit, the truth is what you're doing is so phenomenal because LA needs it. Los Angeles, Silicon Beach. Now we have a name. Completely. Silicon Beach, which which is, hey, that's step one. You know, there's yeah. Silicon Alley, there's Silicon Valley. Now we have Silicon Beach. Okay. 
what LA is truly missing and it's never really had is like these startup communities, communities yeah. like you were talking earlier, you know, everyone was meeting in someone's backyard barbecuing. And, and while that can be wonderful, doing this at a larger scale, getting more people involved, you know, we go to like JSLA, which is a programming meetup. We do a lot of that. You know, when there's some other ones we do, but just generally, you know, go to there's a CTO. Events. Yeah, there's a CTO mixer put on by the fine folks at Diamond and they're downtown Los Angeles. They actually do it here on the West Side. And man, beyond these events, there doesn't seem to be an awful lot now up in Silicon Valley or even in New York, Silicon Alley, or even I would say go down south there a little bit into the tech triangle. that's like Raleigh, Durham, you know, in the Carolinas. They have so much more going on. I love it. And that is indeed why we exist. And I'm so glad that you were able to share like some of the meetups that have been really helpful for you. I know that We Are LA Tech is continually thinking about um, our core essence is connectivity. So we're continuing to think about how to make a connectivity seamless with all these different regions inside of Los Angeles, including the beloved Orange County. So. Oh, wow. You know, it might be a matter of of physical space, right? Because Los Angeles is such a large place relative to San Francisco. You know, so maybe it's maybe it's that everyone's a little bit more spread out. Completely. And it's something that we will continue to work on. And in the meanwhile, if you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the LA tech industry, be sure to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. Wearelatech.com slash community takes you straight there. And say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Ciao. Hey, this is Keith Hurling, CTO of Dimension Software on sunny Silicon Beach, Santa Monica. I am Ben Gordon. I'm the COO. We are a software engineer and design firm. Our expertise is in custom Shopify e-commerce stores and native mobile app platforms for established companies and startups. And you're listening to We, we Are, are LA, LA Tech. Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora. With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.